0: Newsweek presents The Debate with Andrew Tolman.
1: Everything 100% of the time, 24 hours a day is a negotiation.
0: Ellis Hennigan. None of us have fallen for the notion that this is conservative. Amani wells on Yoha.
2: I'm completely fed up with whether it's politicized or not. And
3: Jeff Charles. That distracts us from actually rolling up our sleeves.
0: The Debate starts now. So guys, I'm sitting here today, as is often the case at this time of the day, unshaven, In a sweatshirt, sneakers and a pair of jeans, certainly, certainly in a condition that I would not under pre pandemic conditions have shown up in any American newsroom or or probably any other any other office, unless I was working maybe in a car wash or something. But um, I, too, have uh, have. Because of the realities of our economy, We've been working at home a lot lately. Part of it is my own work life as I've shifted from from daily journalism to writing books. I, I don't have the same incentive to uh, to get out and be around other people uh, every day. I'm part of that great uh, that great shift in the American workplace to, to, to people working at home. And I got to tell you, I have become increasingly convinced that it sucks. Um, I am literally on, on the verge of, of, of beginning the office defense league. and uh, both for both for personal reasons and for and for social reasons. I really do think it's time for us to try to pull the American office back from the edge of the cliff and convince people, especially young adults who seem to be the most hostile to working uh, amid their colleagues, about the the many charms and benefits to working in a social setting. Let me tell you, you kids do not know what you are missing. All the fun of work, all the enthusiasm, all of the passion, a lot of the sense of achievement comes from being around other people. Uh, The dating opportunities are better. The feuding (laughs) opportunities are better. The chance to learn from people who actually know something about your profession are better. You don't learn or get to do any of that stuff when you are sitting home in your jammies telling yourself how lucky you are that you don't have to commute to the office and get there. This, This work at home thing is killing American cities, is... Turning us into a nation of depressives is harming young people's ability to establish their careers and making us all far more boring than we would other be. Maybe I should start out with a with with a confession I hate here. It from- when it, I hate it when you can't tell what Alice's real view is. Like he cloaks right. it. Like can you just say
3: it? <laughs> handed <discussion, laughs> so-, <laughs> you
0: know? so do any of you guys work in offices every day anymore? No.
3: <laughs> no, but, you I know, I, yeah, but, you know, Ellis, I, it, it, I agree with every single thing you just said, Um, but I, I do content full time now, so I, I, I can work from anywhere, but. Even as an introvert who I like being alone, but I have to remind myself, you know, I still got to be social. I got to take it upon myself to do that. And I can work from Starbucks, too. So a lot of times I'll go out and, and I'll work. But when I was in corporate America before I did so was doing this full time, uh-huh. that, that's when COVID hit and we all work from home. And I was like. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. But in the back of my mind, it was like, this could be pretty unhealthy on a, in a number of ways, physically, mentally, spiritually. I mean, there is something about connecting to other people. I mean, you, you have to be able to do that. So if you're working from home, you still got to take it on yourself to figure out how to get out there and still be social with people to replace what you're missing from interacting with your coworkers in the office. And I'm afraid that a lot of younger people aren't doing that.
0: Yeah. That is Imani, if, if if someone said go to an office, would you scream?
2: Yes, I don't want to. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now for me, but you're the kind of person we
2: want at the office. We, we want you you're, like, you're I you charming. All. I wonderful. love you all, but I love my house. You know <laughs> it's nice here <laughs> but I I definitely get that and I've made a way to like I go to the gym I have things that I do I'll still go to happy hour I'll go alone Y'all, y'all know what type of person I am I'll go out and just do a lot of stuff um but not everybody is like that and I'm noticing that we are growing up in a community of uh, homeschool kids if y'all catch my drift uh mm-hmm. people are getting stranger by the day they don't know how to socialize properly and I'm mm-hmm. noticing like this whole people are taking like their internet personalities like their Twitter personalities or the Reddit thread personalities and like trying to apply it to like real life social interaction situations. And it like it doesn't go. So maybe that could be um, some of the effects of people not having to socialize face to face on a daily basis with work. That just occurred to me during this conversation. And that could be why we are in such a kind of a weird place in society where people don't know how to communicate effectively with each other. They don't know how to conflict solve because those are things that you would get to handle and would have to handle at the office. Very interesting.
1: Yeah, I uh, mm-hmm. I, I agree with you, Alice. Uh, I think that, you know, one of the things about going to work is is actually not The dating opportunities or the polite, fun conversation, Uh, although I appreciate uh, not the dating so much, but, you know, the the fun that it is to be around other people. I actually think there's um, there's rarely the argument made for the tremendous value of involuntary relationships, the relationships that we are forced to have with people with whom we have friction. Uh, You know, the part of the value of a family is you can't leave them, and that's what's good for you because you're forced to navigate the difficult terrain with them and to get along with them and to not kill them. Uh, when you go to work, you deal with people you don't like uh, all the time, and not because you're trying to exploit them or get a sale from them or but just because you're around them and you know they don't they don't replace the toilet paper in the bathroom and you know and they don't clean up after themselves in the sink and you know they're the ones who are coughing over the food at the corporate lunch. I mean, you know all the things that drive you crazy about other people is actually good. Because it teaches you how to be a human. And I'm I'm with you. I, you know, Amani, we, we homeschooled three kids. OK, and we they've come out academically way ahead. But socially, in some ways, they're lacking because being around a bunch of other people has a value. Now, sometimes yeah. it's also their benefit. They haven't been socialized by middle school into what they think is normal. And I'm not sure that middle school is doing a great job of that these days. But no, middle school just
2: sucks in general.
0: So, yeah,
1: yeah, I like the work that is important that we're losing as a culture.
0: Yeah, I like the idea of those forced relationships with people we don't start out liking or or just people who are different, you know, older people, younger people, different kind of social backgrounds. But here's an important part of it. I'd love to hear your, your thoughts on it. Part of what going to an office does is it gives us a sense of shared enterprise, right? Mm -hmm. And I got to tell you, I think that's a big part, at least in my life, what made me work hard. You know, I was around these other people. In in my case, it was, you know, newspapers and and, and television. We're we're trying to beat the competition. We're trying to get the story. And I just wonder, Imani, do you feel the same thing when you're, because you work in a shared enterprise in the political consulting world. I mean, you all are all pulling together. How do you do that if you never see each other?
2: That is such a you're just doing nuggets of wisdom is what my therapist calls them. Um, But that is what you're (laughs) dropping right now. And that is something that I've like noticed just from like an employer standpoint. Like when I'm hiring people or when I'm interacting with my staff, I notice like this latest post covid batch of employees could not care less about like the company and like performing well and like doing a good job. That kind of like camaraderie of like I'm going to show up to work. I'm going to give it my best. Like we're all in this together it is not there like people are so siloed and they are so focused on just their specific thing their specific role doing exactly 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 what i'm asked to do and nothing else i don't care if this company is gone tomorrow and i think that might be um kind of another effect of not being in office together and not building like that sense of community and we try to have like retreats and stuff we all get together once or twice a year and all of that but it is not the same because.
3: You know, and we talk about like the division that's happening in this country. And I think you really hit on something there, Ellis, when you're talking about working together towards a shared goal, whether it's at a for profit business or an organization or something like that. You know, people always say like Twitter, social media isn't real life, but the more isolated we become, the more it becomes real life. I mean, when I was more in corporate America, I, I mean, I had a, a white coworker who was a pro-Trump person and a black coworker who was very much not down with Trump and they would have civil conversations about it and they were good friends. But if you just look at Twitter, if you just look at social media, those two people are supposed to hate each other. Right. But I, I fear that because I was having a conversation with this uh, with a friend of mine, like as we become more silo, like Amani was saying, and as we're isolating ourselves, how much is that virtual world going to kind of replace what's supposed
0: to be in real life? That's a good that's that's a good question. When I was getting started, I think this stuff applies particularly to to young folks. I mean, I think about how did I learn to be a journalist and a a commentator, a newspaper columnist in my case? Um, And I'll tell you the way I learned was that I sat in a in a newsroom in New York City and six feet away from me was a was a guy named Jimmy Breslin. And about 12 feet in the other direction was a woman named Gail Collins. And then there was a guy named Murray Kempton and this really scary guy named Lenny Levitt, who used to threaten to beat up police lieutenants if they didn't give him what he wanted. And, you know, over time, I mean, I stole from those people. I borrowed from them. I learned from them. And, and eventually I figured out what the Ellis version of all those things were. You know, I, I don't think I was a junior Breslin. But I don't know how you do that if you're sitting in athleisure wear with your three roommates in Bushwick or you're in your garage in you know, Omaha. How did that work? I, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know, uh, you know what your guys experience was. But for me, I, I loved the experience of college. I loved the university experience and not so much the like master's degree where I'm living on my own and commuting like it's a job, but the dorm. Or the house where we had 12 guys all living together. And, you know, even if we weren't taking the same classes, there was something about that shared experience, that kind of bumping into each otherness of talking and hanging out and irritating each other and resolving these things. And as Ella said, becoming friends with people and getting to know them who are a little, you know, wow, they're wild. But, you know, maybe I learned from them and maybe they're a little less wild because they learned from me that. I I miss about college and to the degree that the workplace is a little echo of that it's healthy. And the degree to which the workplace is, you know, the online university where we never actually meet each other and, you know, go out for coffee and argue about how stupid that thing the professor said was that's a miss. We are definitely missing some, maybe it's not measurable, maybe it's intangible, but there is a kind of, you know, molecules bumping into each otherness about work and school that, is missing. If it's not there, I, I very much agree
0: with you. Yeah. So, so Jeff, Jeff, how can I convince the young people in my life that they should want to go to an office? When I start talking like that, man, I get that eye roll.
3: <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, that's where I don't have an answer because <laughs> I mean, because uh, honestly, I mean, people are conditioned to live the way they lived. We grew up in an age where, or we are at least born in an age where there were no smartphones or were no cell phones, but for people who those things were always around, how do you get them off of those screens? Cause wh- why would you have to drive and meet up if you can just interact on, on a smartphone or on a tablet or on a computer? It's tough. And honestly, Ellis, that's, what's really scaring me for the future of our society. I mean, not even just beyond the division, but just for the overall mental health of the country, yeah. how are we going to fix that? <laughs> I mean, I have no idea.
2: I think getting people just more comfortable with like socializing as a, in general, like go to the rec center, play a game of pickup, like start doing things and being around people and not isolating yourself so much. And I think it is a mental health thing. I think our mental health in this country is decaying more and more every single day. Like people are really going through it and their minds are kind of like their hideout place. And we need to get them more used to getting out, talking to other people, being in common spaces. Like what are the common spaces nowadays? It's Twitter. But like go to that coffee shop down the street, like go (laughs) fraternize with folks.
1: I I will say this. I think uh, Amani, you kind of bring up something that I think there's a difference between being around other people and being engaged in interacting with other people. And So, going to the gym to me doesn't seem to solve the thing that Ellis is getting at. I mean, yes, you're around other people, you're sharing air, that's fine, but it's that shared project. It's that common goal. It's that mutual reinforcement and engagement that can be frustrating, but is also so rewarding on a different level that just produces a whole better product, not just in terms of the product you're selling, but in terms of the product of like who you are. And so it's that sort of maybe high quality being with other people as opposed to just being around them?
0: Well, listen, I, when I print up my Office Defense League T-shirts, I'm going to send one to each of you. And uh, Andrew, you can wear it at the gym. And Imani, you take it uh, over to the uh, coffee place. And uh, and Jeff, I don't know if you, if you wander back into your corporate life. Maybe you can try and sell that to them. But I got to tell you, I may need your your backup when it comes to convention 25 and 30 year olds that they ought to do it because man they're looking at me like i'm old yeah
3: if you would like to be a part of the debate email us the debate at newsweek.com